tapestry. God, I tear down every stronghold that the enemy has built in this house. I tear it down right now and I take authority over it in Jesus' name. Every stronghold of witchcraft, I break your powers in the name of Jesus. Every stronghold of manipulation, rebellion, jealousy, I break your powers in the name of Jesus. Every deceiving spirit, I break your powers in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you right now that your will will be done here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. And everything that you have not planted in this house, it will be uprooted. It shall be uprooted in Jesus' name. God, we come in alignment right now with the vision that you have given the vision there. In Jesus' name. And we just give you glory, honor, and praise. And God, we thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are truly welcome in this place. Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Open your Bibles with me to a familiar passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. And let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Amen. Again, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. And when we get there, just let us say amen. The word of God reads, this is God speaking unto you. And whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I'm going to read it again. And whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You may be seated. I want to talk about the battlefield is in the mind. The battlefield is in the mind. While I was studying, um, going over scripture, and I was sitting there just meditating over scriptures, the Lord allowed me to see into the spirit realm. And as I was sitting there, it was like a force at my right ear whispering and I said father what is that and the Lord let me know that the enemy will assign these uh spirits unto you to watch you to oppress you to speak into your ear to oppress you to depress you but when the Lord is showing you what the enemy is desiring to do it's up to us to take authority over what the enemy desires to do. The problem that I'm seeing in the body of Christ is when you don't know what's going on around you, you cannot go into the word of God or you cannot um, go to God and say, God, what would you have me to do about this? This is why we talked about on the love of God last week and having a relationship with God. The more of a relationship that you have with God, it's not hard to tap into the presence of God. It's not hard to tap into what's going on around you to make you aware 
so you can rise up in your authority and take authority over that darkness that's trying to oppress. So when the Lord showed me that, I said, okay, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? And the Lord let me know what to do. We have to begin to bind. We have to begin to rebuke. We have to begin to let the enemy know, you don't have charge over me. I don't receive that. That's not of the Father. Because the enemy, every day, he's whispering in your ear. And if you don't know the difference between the enemy and know God, you will get confused and you will be mixed up and messed up. This is why the battlefield is the mind. The enemy has to use your mind to defeat you. This is what he used is your mind. Your mind consists of your, your, um, your soul consists of your mind, your will, and your emotions. These are the areas that he will play upon to get you in a place of oppression, to get you in a place of depression, to get you in a place that you don't want to do nothing, where you won't be satisfied, where you won't be content, where you're running off at the mouth all the time, where you're causing opposition in the house of the Lord. He want to get you to that place, and he know if I can get to you, I got you. He said, I just need a door to go into. So this is why we got to guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. But before the anything get in your heart, it's in your mind. It's played out in your mind. Your mind control your body. How do I know this? Because when you begin to think about a certain thing, and you don't do nothing about what you're thinking about, and you're letting it ride because you think it's normal. See, in the world, people say that's normal. This is something that you have to deal with. I'm here to tell you the devil is a lie. I don't have to deal with something Jesus already dealt with. Don't let nobody tell you. I don't care what kind of degree they have. I don't care if they tell you you're going to be like this for the rest of your life. You need to tell them the devil is a liar. And our problem is we don't do that. We fall prey to what they say because they don't know him. And when you don't know God, you take what they're saying as truth. That's a lie. And I don't receive that lie because the enemy is using them to whisper in their ear to tell you what he wants you to know. And you coming in covenant with them because you trust lawyers, you trust doctors, you trust people. God said, put no trust or confidence in man because man will fail you. That's the word of God. But we become so lazy that we want a quick fix. And everything they say we believe is true. Man make mistakes. But the only one that don't make one is God. The more you socialize with someone outside of the word of God, that's what you become. Who you associate with is what you become and that's what you come to believe. And this is what the enemy knows. The enemy will put you in contact with people that talk nice, that tell you things that make you feel good. That's in your emotions. They tell you, I can help you. That ain't no problem. I see this all the time. This is what you need to be doing. And you get so excited and you become so calm because you're saying, I'm getting some help. They can help me. They can bring me out of this. But then when you fall prey to that and something happened, they can't fix it. 
This is why the enemy knows if I can get in your head, he said, I can control your body. The mind controls the body, y'all. I'm a living witness. The Bible said, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So does he become. The more you think about a thing, your body begin to change. Your body begin to get weak. You have headaches. You, you feel like you can't go any farther. Come on. I know it happens to me. Do it happen to you? Feel like you're paralyzed. The enemy know that if I can steady, if I can keep them thinking the wrong thing, then they're not going to be able to fulfill what God want them to fulfill because that's when they become weak. And he wants you weak. So this is what Paul was telling the Corinthians. He said they have become blinded to the things of God. When we look at that word blinded, it said the God of this world have blinded. Who have done it? The God of this world. Being blinded there means to be in darkness. Their minds have been darkened. So where there is darkness, there is no light. So guess what? He don't want the light to come. And the only way the light comes is through hearing the good news concerning Jesus Christ. The enemy don't want you to go out. Now, I'm going to hit this. This teaching you're getting today, he don't want you to go out and tell nobody. Because he want them to still be blinded. He still want them to be in darkness. Why? Because he can still control them. He wants you to be lazy, slowful Christians that don't get in your word, that don't promote the good news in the gospel. He wants you to be selfish. He don't want you to tell nobody. He wants you to keep it to yourself. Why? Because the Bible says that he have blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Why? Because he don't want the light to come in. He don't want them to hear this glorious gospel. And as long as they don't hear the good news, they stay in darkness. They stay a part of the kingdom of God. When you look at the third chapter over here, it's talking about Moses and how Moses went to be in the presence of the Lord. And when he went to be in the presence of the Lord and when he was talking with God and God was giving him the word, guess what was happening, y'all? The glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord come upon Moses. So when Moses got all of the word from God, he come down from that mountain and he would stand before the people. And the people would see the glory of God radiating all over Moses. And as long as Moses was speaking that word, the glory of God was just radiating upon him. So what Moses would do, Moses would put a veil over his face. And the reason why he would put that veil, because he didn't want them to see the glory diminishing from him. So he would put the veil over his face. But when he would go back in the presence of the Lord, he'd take the veil off. So what the people succumbed to was Moses' way. So when Paul was coming in and he was preaching Christ, they had that veil over their heart. It covered their heart. That means that their heart was callous. That's what blinded mean in that verse. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 14, it says, I'm going to read 13. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded. Their minds. Here we go again with minds. Their minds here is their way of thinking was blinded. Blinded means to grow hard or callous. Become dull, lose the power of understanding. Blinded mean to go dull, callous, 
heart is hardened, lose the power of understanding. This is happening in the church. People's minds are so blinded. They're so hard. Their, their heart is so hard, so dull. They lose the power of understanding. So when you're bringing the truth in, they're rejecting that truth because they're standing on what they have come to believe. And they're telling you, you can't tell me any different. So the light of the gospel can't shine through because they're sticking with what they believe. They don't want change. This is how the people were that followed Moses. They felt like Moses was more superior these um, old covenant was more superior than the new covenant. And they was going to stick with this old covenant so they were blinded. Their minds were blinded. Why am I putting that in there? Because the church had become blinded. The church hearts have become so hardened that when the truth is spoken, they're rejecting the truth because they feel like they already know and you can't tell them no different. You tell them that it's blue, they say, no, it's red. Can't you see blue? No, that is red. No, that is blue. You shouldn't have to fuss with them because right then their hearts have become blinded to the truth. And this is what the enemy wants. He wants you to become blinded. He wants you to become callous. He wants you to be void of understanding. I have, I'm going to be honest with you. The most problem I have is with Christians. It ain't with the sinners. Because when you bring the word to the sinners... And you bring the truth to the sinners, they are opening their hearts to hear what you got to say because they know they need help. You bring truth to a Christian, they can't stand you no more. They feel like you done rejected them. They feel like you done left them alone. They feel like, oh, I don't, they don't like me. They just want to put me out there for everybody to know this. See, your minds have become hardened. They have become callous to the things of God. It is time for us to open up our hearts, Christian folks, to what the word has to say. Oh, but I forgot. If you ain't in it, you don't know what it's saying. Some of us play around with the word. What does that mean, play around with the word? You know how when you was little, you played around with certain things, and after a while, you left it alone, you get excited, but then after a while, the excitement leaves, and then you just close it, and you don't mess with it no more, and you put it in another place, and you want something else. That's what Christian folks do with the word. They get excited for a moment. Oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I'm going to pray more. Oh, I'm going to fast more. Oh, I'm going to get in my word more. And you get excited for the moment. And then a month or two later, you ain't even open your Bible. Until something happened in your life. We're supposed to be in this word daily. Because the battlefield is in your mind. And today, I want to show you how to win the battle that's in your mind. But sometimes you get frustrated with Christian folks. And the reason why you get frustrated is because Christian folks know what they're supposed to be doing, but they refuse to do it because their hearts have become hardened. And they don't even want to accept what you're bringing because they're always making excuses. So we see here that the enemy want to blind your mind. He don't want you to receive truth. And the ones that receive the truth, you should go out and give truth so unbelievers won't be in darkness no more. You should not be participating with darkness, believers. And if you're in your word, nobody will be able to persuade you to do something outside the word. 
Nobody would be able to persuade you to turn away from what you know is truth instead of sitting in the midst of stuff that is not of God. People get mad when you don't show up for what they're doing. Because they feel like you're too holy. It ain't that you're too holy. It's just that you go into the word of God and you're led by the spirit of God and you know what God wants you to do for that moment. So you got to be careful what you are in the midst of because it will turn you away from what God is saying to you. And the only thing you're going to hear in your ear is what they're saying and not what God has already said. That's even with television, y'all. Even when you're watching a television program, the enemy is in the airwaves. These actors don't know Jesus. So when you're listening to them, how many know your emotions get stirred up? How many know that you feel like, well, maybe if I did what they did, people will like me. Well, maybe if I dress this certain way, people will like me. They'll love me for who I am. That's not who you are. That's who they are. So the more you watch those episodes after episode, you begin to change into that actor that you've been watching. You begin to change on your husband because the enemy done sent a little demon to mimic what he wants to mimic, to whisper stuff in your ear, to tell them, this is what I want you to do now. And the husband is wondering, why is the wife changed? Why is the wife turned from this place she was in to this place she's in now? Her clothes have changed. Her way of talking has changed. She ain't doing the same thing she used to do because she's watching too much television. The enemy is after your mind. And if you don't take the word of God and be transformed, change will not come in your mind. Your spirit is what changed, y'all. That's where God is. He's in your spirit. That's the new you. That's the real you. But if you don't transform and change your mind by renewing it through the word of God, you will be doing the same thing you have always done. When I ask the Lord, when I look around, and it's not that I'm judging people, I'm asking God questions and I'm saying, God, you know what? What in the world is wrong with the Christians today? What's happening in the house of God that some people see and some people don't see? And they've been in the house of God for 20 years and still don't see. And they still have the same pattern. What's wrong with this? God said they ain't changed their way of thinking. He said when you love right, you're going to live right. And when you're in relationship with God, nobody has to keep telling you over and over again, this is what we're doing. And this is how we're doing it. God said it's patterns in the house of God. People go back to the same pattern. They go back to the same way of doing things because guess what? There's a root there. And if you don't uproot those patterns, those things that you are familiar with, you may tomorrow do it like I want you to do it or the way the word tells you to do it. Then by Friday, you're back in that same pattern because you ain't got to the root you got to get to the root. The root is the origin. The root is the cause. How many know when you go to a doctor, they have to find the root of why your blood pressure high. They have to find the root of why certain infections is going on in your body. They just can't just give you a pill right then or someone will give you a pill that don't work. And they're saying this should have worked. So let's run some more tests to find out why you still have this problem. You should not have this problem based on what I have given you. 
So they run test after test trying to get to the root cause of what's going on in your body. And this is what the word does. When you spend time with God and you got the same patterns over and over again, how can you sit there and know what you're doing ain't right? You should be turning to the Lord and say, Lord, the same thing happens to me. I have an outburst of anger. Somebody can look at me wrong and I'm ready to fight. But I'm still saying, oh, how I love Jesus. But it's just not right. God, what's going on with me? Can we stop and ask God about yourself instead of putting it on somebody else and say, they caused me to be angry. They caused me. No, they didn't. There's a root to your anger. There's a root to why you always flirting up at people. There's a root to why you don't want to humble yourself. There's a root to your, the reason why you envious of other people. There's a root to why you offended. There's a root to why you gossip all the time. There's a root to why you manipulate all the time. It's a root to what you're doing. And until you get to the root, you're going to keep doing what you're doing. But nobody want to get to the root. We don't want to mess with what's hidden. We don't want to deal with these past issues. Some people have anger because of rape, molestation. And they never got over that rape or that molestation. So they put up a wall and they say, ain't no man going to hurt me no more. Ain't nobody going to come up in my face like they've been coming up in my face. If I don't protect me, nobody is going to protect me. So you build up a wall so when love want to come in and conquer that multitude of sin, you hate the person that want to love you. Because they're bringing something that you need, love. Who are you angry because your mother and your father rejected you? Because they love the sister and the brother more than you. And you can see how they pay more attention to them than they paid attention to you. So now you're trying to get attention from other men. You're trying to get attention from other women because you didn't get that attention from your parents. Because the enemy whispered in your ear and told you they don't love you. They never loved you. They didn't even want, they wished that you wasn't even born. They didn't want a girl. They wanted a boy. That's why you have these tendencies that you have. That's why the enemy is telling people you should have been a boy and not a girl. And that's why you have homosexuality out here because the enemy is whispering in people's ear. And the more he whisper and nobody bring in that light from the gospel, that's who people say that they are. They say, I'm born this way. God didn't create you that way. He created male and female. And then they're going to say we should love everybody. God loves homosexuals, but he hates sin. But the enemy is telling them, people don't love you. People don't want to accept you for what you are. And they keep, he keep whispering that in their ears. So they build up hate towards other people. And they say church folks, they're the biggest hypocrites I ever seen. Because when you tell people truth and the enemy done told them a lie, you're going to have a fight. And this is why the enemy keep whispering to people dealing with some of these things that people are doing. And what we have to understand, y'all, what I have come to understand, you may hate me, but I love you with the love of God. You may not want to speak to me again, but that's not going to change how I feel about you. Because I'm going to pray for you in spite of how you treat me. 
I'm going to bless those that curse me. I'm going to love those that hate me. I can't go on your feelings. I can't go on my feelings. The love of God isn't about feeling, y'all. It's about loving outside of how you feel. And that's how we know we're not where we need to be in him. Because when your best friend come up against you, the one you've been hanging with, the one that you thought that you could trust, they coming up against you. The enemy is whispering in your ear, I told you they didn't love you. I told you that they were going to do you this way. I told you all of these things. And you ain't doing nothing about it, Christians. You're not casting down these things. Guess what? The enemy is causing a root in you. And if you don't get that before it's rooted, you're going to have bitterness towards that person. You will smile at them. You wouldn't even pay for their food. But you got some bitterness in you. You got some anger in you. And then when somebody else come at you with something, the anger you have for that person, you do it with the other person. Because we're not dealing with the root cause. You got to quit covering it up. You know what's going on with you. Quit playing games in the house of God. You know that you don't like that person. Quit playing games in the house of God because people that walk in the spirit, God will let you know what they're saying about you. And they sitting there talking all this yang, 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 yang. But you hear what they're really saying. Come on, somebody. I know I hear in the spirit, but I love you. I love you. Because God will let you know what people are saying. He'll let you know. That's why you have to stay before him. And the more you stay before him, your heart is being changed like him. Because you know what? The Lord let me know this. During the process of what we was doing in here, we had to meet a lot of people. And through some of those people we met, y'all, there was some stuff going on. For real. Mm -hmm. It was some stuff going on. And you know, the Bible said the deep calling the deep. It was some stuff going on. But through the grace of God, we got through this stuff. And that man over there, through the grace of God, he got through it, but... The last thing that went on, I'm not going into detail. It wasn't good. And my husband was trying to talk to a guy. It wasn't good. This guy just went totally off on my husband. Totally off on my husband. My husband said, if you don't leave the premises, I'm going to call the cops. So he went off on my husband. My husband told me everything that God did and everything. And we were talking about it. So I was sitting in the office at home and I was in prayer. And as I was in prayer, I'm going to tell you something. God is so good. Because what the enemy wants you to say and what the enemy wants you to do is outside of what the word of God tell you to do. I want y'all to hear me. The enemy will have you in jail. He will have you hunt down somebody and, and really putting words out on them. But when you're in the presence of the Lord, the Lord said, tell your husband, he got to get back up with this guy. And he got to let this guy know God loves him. Because let me tell you something. People look at me like I'm crazy. You can look at me like I'm crazy all you want. I know what the words say. That man is in darkness. And he need the light of the gospel. And if we don't go back and humble ourselves and let them know the love of God, they would be lost. It don't matter what he said or how he said it. It's who we are. Now that we are in him. That's why the Bible says, I will bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. I will bless his holy name. 
We got to bless him even when we don't feel like blessing him. And we got to let people know this is who I belong to. See, pride will stop you from saying, I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm sorry if I come at you in a way for you to come at me like you did. But I want to tell you a man who loves you. Outside of the way you come at me and outside of the way I come at you, he done forgave both of us in our shortcomings over 2,000 years ago. See, your mind will get you killed. Because when you have things that happen like that, everything that you pushed down, that you covered up about other people that's in your face, other people that have ridiculed you, talked about you, you will literally kill somebody. And after it's over, the enemy is through with you. He don't need you no more because you're in lockdown. Forget, y'all better hear what I'm saying. The battle is in your mind. God is bringing us in the house because the church is playing too many games. The enemy is playing so much with your mind, he done got a root in you. And you don't want to deal with people no more. You, you'd rather not deal with them. You'd rather not tell them, no, that ain't right. Because you don't want to deal with them. It's time to deal with what you don't want to deal with, what you covered up. And the more time you spend with God, y'all, you can deal with it. And then the Lord began to remind me over in the word of God. And I'm going to say this. Look at your neighbor. Get right in their ear and say, wake up. Put your mind where it needs to be. It is, y'all, I'm going to tell you something. We'll come in the house of the Lord and think we on winter break. We playing with stuff in church. Writing down stuff. Trying to keep up with stuff and remember stuff. Then when you going through, you want to call on me or somebody else that's in the word to help you get through. You coming in the house of God so you can get the light through the word of God. So to help you when things begin to change in your life. Going back to the disciples. Yes, I am long winded, but somebody going to be delivered. Make me know no mind. If you want to leave, I'm going to still finish what God brought me in here to finish. If you got to go, just go ahead. We look at the disciples, the followers of Jesus Christ. Y'all, they were learners of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine walking with Jesus 24-7? You see in the healing, you see in the deliverance, you see in everything that um, God is doing in heaven, he's bringing it down here on earth. So they walk with Jesus, and we get to the point about in Mark 6 where he was feeding the 5,000. I ain't going to go through that. But he was feeding the 5,000. After he fed the 5,000, they were going to the other side. Y'all know what happened in them going. There was a storm. There were some things that occurred. But he just fed the 5,000. Y'all, it was a miracle that had just taken place. But when the storm came, guess what? When they got to the other side, this is what was said. Go to Matthew, Mark, the sixth chapter. Please write down these scriptures if you can or go back to the live so you can um, go back over them. And Mark 6 and verse 52. Now, this is after everything happened. 
with the feeding of the 5,000. After the 5,000 was fed, we know that they um, saw him um, walking on the water. They were afraid, you know, dealing with the wind. But verse 52 said, For they considered not the miracles of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. They just had a miracle. Jesus just showed them that miracle. He's showing them who he is. But something occurred after that. And they considered not. What was happening here that's just like us? When your heart is hardened, you can see a miracle in this place. See it for yourself. But then later on, when something else occurred, you forgot what God has already done. That's a hardened heart. That's a heart that has grown callous. That's not believing God. Because if God done that then, what make you think he's not going to do it now? See, the enemy messing with your head. Because it's a different situation, y'all. A different situation. For they considered not the, the feeding of the 5,000. Go to Mark chapter 8. Here go the feeding of the 4,000. Now, he just fed, what, 5? 5,000. Then he turned around and fed 4,000. Then this is what Jesus told them in Mark chapter 8. And this is verse 18, verse 17. And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, Why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand? Have ye your hearts yet hardened? Having eyes to see ye not, and having ears hear ye not, and do ye not, do you not remember? This is what a hardened heart does. It keeps you from remembering. It keeps you from focusing on the things of God. It keeps you in unbelief. So a person with a hardened heart, their mind is not on the things of God. Their mind is on the things of the world. They're thinking more about what the world is doing or what the world is saying instead of keeping their mind on what the word of God is saying unto them. And when you don't deal with that, guess what happens? You develop a root on the inside of you. When I talk to some people, I can tell you ain't there yet. Because I'm hearing your anger. I'm hearing your emotions more than I'm hearing what God is saying. That is overpowering the word of God. You saying one minute God can, but then the next minute you going back to how you feel. It ain't about no feeling. It's about what he said. Yes, I feel this way. Yes, I don't feel good. But this is what God has said outside of how I feel. You got to remind yourself every day what God is saying to you for transformation to take place. If you don't have no transformation, you ain't going to have no demonstration, but you got to have revelation. And we're missing revelation because we're not in the word of God. So the word of God can be revealed unto us. So God is bringing this in this house today because he said it's some minds in here that haven't been renewed. It's some minds in here that haven't been transformed. And that's why you cannot prove what the good and acceptable will of God is. You don't know it because you ain't in the word of God long enough to know it. And you're fighting against me because you don't know what the word of God is saying. So at some point, God just say, don't say nothing. Let them go for what they know. Because they think they know, but that's when you know nothing. This is why you have to seek the Lord early. While he can be found, y'all. So we see how the battlefield is in the mind. We see that the God of this world is after your mind. 
That's the place that he want to get is your mind. I'm going to give you an illustration of that. Y'all, we see people that's addicted, right, to many things. They didn't get addicted overnight. Some of those addictions can come through the generation. Some of those addictions can come through peer pressure, can come through the cares of this world. So when they get addicted to these certain things, the enemy is feeding their minds, saying if you take this, it's going to do this to you. Or he's using somebody else to tell you, this calm me down. You take this, it'll calm you down. So when you take it and it calm you down, you feeling like you can get to sleep or you can get the rest you need from this substance. So the longer you take it, it's building up a root in you. That's becoming your dependency. You don't see yourself as an addict. You don't. But other people see you as an addict. How do they see you as an addict? Because you say, I have need of that. I can't sleep without that. If I don't get that, I'm stressed out. If I don't have that, this is what happens to me. I get the shakes. This is what calmed me down. Do you know why you feel that way? Because it's in your head. You don't build your mindset up to believe that you got to have this certain thing to get through what you're going through. And the more you build your mind up to it, this is what your body is reacting to. Your mind controls your body. And if you don't give your body what you have set it up to give, come on, people with coats and sun drops and Mountain Dews and coffee, take it away from the body and see what happens. You start shaking, you start having withdrawals, anger end up coming out of you. You never said you were an angry person. But miss your coffee, your coat, your sun drop, your Mountain Dew. Miss your chocolates and see what happens. You become angry. You begin to talk about people you ain't never talked about before. Nobody don't want to answer. Say nothing about that, do you? You begin to tell all their pitfalls and downfalls because you ain't had your coffee, your Coke. See, I ain't even got to the heavy stuff, the heroin and all that stuff. See, y'all picking on them kind of addicts, but y'all got some addictions too. You picking on them, oh, they can't control this. Yeah, they don't have to take them drugs. You don't have to take the Coke, the coffee, the Mountain Dew, the Sun Drop, the chocolates either, but you do it. And you say, if I don't have it, this is what I'm going to become. Y'all seen the commercial where the man didn't have a snicker and he became something else. Y'all, y'all take that as funny. But it's the truth. When people don't get what they want, when their body is not fulfilled, they start doing something to fulfill it. A person that starts smoking, stops smoking, they go to eat and they blow up. Or they go to chocolates, they go to something to fulfill that desire because their body is craving something. Y'all, come on, don't act like you know. You can sit there like, oh, that ain't me. It is you because you said it wasn't. We go to things to fulfill what the body wants. And we don't want to give it up because we feel like that's what my body needs. But you're killing yourself. And the enemy knows you're going to get to the point where you die. I'm serious. You think you're all right because you're taking blood pressure medicine. You're taking stuff for your pancreas, your liver. You're taking stuff for all of this. But God didn't create that stuff for you to live by. He tell you what to eat. You eat to live, not live to eat. That's why they have buffet. 
because you sit there, Miracle Temples, and we eat the buffet and it's so good, and then we say, hmm, knowing you full about the burst, you say, I'm going to go back. For, and this is the funny part. Y'all don't know about y'all but me. I'll say, I better hurry up, get to that buffet, all that might be gone. <laughs> Have y'all ever done that? And it's a buffet. They're going to put more out. But, but see, the enemy is whispering in your ear. See, gluttony is getting ready to start. Let me hurry up because they're going to take all up. Possible, you better move. That's my piece of fish. <laughs> she took the last piece. Now, hey, how about this? You sitting there and they at the buffet and they taking their time. You like, ain't nothing but a little bit pot left. Ain't you going to leave me some? Took all the chicken. What is your mind telling you? You know what your mind, move. I want some food too. That's the enemy getting you angry because you want the food that they eating when it's a buffet. Or don't let her bring you a little plate and you ain't at no buffet and you ain't used to them little portions, which you supposed to eat. You used to them big portions and they bring, wait a minute, am I paying $25 for that little bit of stuff? You getting angry. Come on, y'all. Y'all don't act like y'all up in here. Come on, or when you get a plate and it says vegetables on the plate, the only vegetable you got is to make it pretty. But you got vegetable. Is that not the truth? The enemy's playing with your mind. Right? I'm not eating this. Where is my vegetable? The devil is alive. Why am I saying all this? Because the mind controls your body. And if you don't control your mind by the word of God, you're going to say something out the way that you should not have said. And you can mess somebody up just that quick. And the enemy knows that. He knows that person is on the verge of suicide. And you saying something nasty because of how you feel. And the moment that you sit there and fuss that person out, the devil say you might as well end it today. You don't know how people feel. They may be smiling at you, but in their mind, it's like a merry-go-round. And the enemy got all of these thoughts going around in their head. You ain't going to make it. You ain't going to live. You ain't going to mount to nothing. You should have been here by now. You doing all this for what? Nobody's noticing your accomplishment. Nobody loves you. You might as well end at least you arrest at night. I know I'm talking right. And this is what we're supposed to do. We got to take the word of God. So when we get back to addiction, you have people that prostitute. Why do people prostitute? Some people prostitute because of the addiction that they have. Because they need that addiction to make it so they give their body to get the substance. People on Mountain Dew and Coke and everything else. They do the same thing. You have people that gamble. Oh, I'm going now. That's an addiction. Because a person that gamble a lot is because they have the love of money. And I'm going to go here with that. We look in the Bible with Jesus' disciples. He had a disciple that he chosen, which was Judas Iscariot. Have y'all heard of Judas? Judas was the one that was carrying the money bag. He was the one that was holding the money. So the root of Judas was money. The Bible said for the love of Of money is the root of all evil. I'm going to stop right there. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Money brings all kind of evil in your life. 
And the part is, it's not the money, it's the love you have for the money. People love money so much, all evil come in their life. Addiction come in their life, prostitution come in their life, gambling come in their life, stealing come in their life, material things come in their life because money will control you. You need money to live here on earth, and this is what was happening to Judas. Jesus chose him, but Judas went to them and said, what will you give me if I hand him over to you? Now, Judas held the money bag, and so the Bible said that Judas even went in that bag and helped himself. When the lady was going to anoint Jesus with that oil, he said, how can she use this oil to anoint you with? Because Judas was looking out for himself because he was selfish. And the the Bible said he was helping himself to the money that was in the bag. You don't think Jesus knew that? Yes, he knew. He knew what he was doing. So he was coming against that lady because he wanted that money. And then he said, what will you give me? He wanted more money. Man, he had the treasure bag. That wasn't enough. Money on this earth here have us doing things we shouldn't be doing. Have us working extra jobs and staying out of church. Have us working extra hours so we can't participate in what the Lord is doing. Because we after money so much and we after money because either we after substance or we after uh, material things or we after prostitution or we after gambling for the love of money. It's the root, it's the source, it's the origin of all kinds of evil. If you love money so much, you're going to bring evil in your house. Because you want more, more, more. You're never satisfied. The house ain't big enough. The car ain't good enough. This ain't good enough. That ain't good enough. I want more. The clothes ain't good enough. The computer ain't good enough. The phone ain't good enough. It's bringing all kind of evil in your house because of the love of money. And this is what Judas did. He said, how much you going to give me? I'll turn him over. They said, we'll give you 30 pieces of silver. Guess what Judas said? The Bible says that's when he began to look for opportune time. This is what the enemy does, y'all. The enemy looks for opportune time. He was looking for the best time to portray Jesus. So the enemy was working with Judas. See, he was still giving him things to think about. See, the enemy is not going to hit you right then. He got to work his way up to hitting you with what he want to hit you with. I'm going somewhere with this too. I have to bring it all in here. Men and women. You don't just go out and fornicate and commit adultery. You work yourself up to it. You work yourself up to a smile. You work yourself up to putting on a tight pair of pants to go in the mall. You work yourself up to put on skinny dipping shirts, women, to go somewhere. You work yourself up to get the right pair of heels, the right pair of pants. You work yourself up to go shake your booty through the mall to see who's going to look at you because you ain't getting what you need to get from your husband because your husband ain't telling you how good you look or his goods ain't, uh, hey. So the enemy is telling you. He's talking to you. And say, you still got it. Go do this. Come on, I'm telling you the truth. Or if you're with your best friend and you're dressing conservative, you know, you're dressing nicely and the friend is coming in there looking like a hoochie mama. Yeah, I said it. 
looking like a hoochie mama, ready to go out and do her thing, and you looking at her up and down, and the enemy is telling you, see, that's what you're supposed to look like. You look like that more, your husband will desire you more. Come on, you, got, you can't let them sag down. You got to lift them up. And when you walk, you got to walk straight up. See, some people don't want you to talk about it. But I'm going to talk about it because that's the spirit of perversion. He's setting you up to be perverted. Come on, deliverance is in this house. He's setting you up and you thinking everybody looking at you because you look good. No, they looking at you like, come and get it. And you married. Battlefield is in your mind. Oh, baby, you don't have to go with me to the mall. I go by myself. When you got what you need at home, why you out looking? These are some of the things that the enemy is using. And women are getting everything they can to tuck it in, to bring it out. Why? Because, yeah, you want to look good, but who you looking good for? Come on, let's just be real. And this is why, men, you got to love your wives like like Christ loved the church. When you love them that way, you giving them what they need to let them know you don't have to go out nowhere else. But so many men are so stuck on themselves trying to look good, trying to get somebody to say, hey, I look good, that they're forgetting about their mates. It works two ways. Trying to get more muscle, trying to get more tone. That is fine, y'all. But when you get in your 50s and your 60s, who you toning up for? Trying to wear gold, long gold. Trying to wear like the young folks wear your pants down on your behind. And you trying to do like they do, trying to get you a nice walk. And your legs hurting. It's the truth. You're trying to live like the world is living and supposed to be bringing people into the church and you out there, what's up, dog? Give me some. Some what? Come on, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. You don't try to do like the world does because that means you participating in what the world is doing. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. See, I'm renewing your mind right now. And God, let me tell you what's happening. Some of y'all are getting some churnings in your stomach. Deliverance is occurring. Some of you are getting mad at me. It's deliverance. That's what's happening. It's deliverance. Because see, when truth is being told, that flesh, it gets stirred up. Or some of you are saying, hush, apostle. Hush, apostle. You shouldn't have said that. Yes, I should. So God want our minds to be so transformed into his image that we see the way he see and not the way other people see. How can I tell you this, y'all? Because I know where I was. Sometimes people look at you like you so good. Yeah, I may look good. I may sound good, but I ain't good because I ain't serving him the way I need to serve him. All good come from him. See, everybody can act like they're doing the right thing and they're not doing it. So that's why when we get into the word of God, God show us us. The word is a mirror. And by getting into the word, God let us know you got to be fine-toned in this area. You over here in this area trying to help somebody, but you ain't fine-toned yourself. And so people are looking at you like you need to get it together yourself. 
So we see how Judas, and this is what happened. The enemy, the Bible says that he even suggested. The word put mean he suggested to Judas to portray, to hand him over. The enemy will give you suggestions. He will tell you, go do it. Nobody won't find out. See that person right there? See Terry back there? Go get Terry to scratch that number for you. You know, they, 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 it'll be Terry. It won't be you. Let Terry do it. He'll give you a suggestion, and then you got to manipulate old Terry. Hey, Terry, I saw in a dream last night. 767. But the Lord told me not to do it, but it told me you were coming up to do it for me. Now, I want you to go play 767. Now, the enemy had to build me up to that suggestion. And when I entertained that the more and more, then I went and done it. And then Paul Terry was ignorant enough to say, well, that's a boss. A boss ain't going to lead me astray. So Terry going to go. And what, what you said that number was? I told you it was 767. Now, if I hit, we're going to pay tithes first, and then we'll split it. The enemy will put suggestions in your mind, but that don't mean you have to do it. That's why you got to have the word of God so you can reject what the enemy is saying. It is time for us, y'all, to get in our rightful place with the Lord. You were once in darkness, but now you are in the light. And you need to be transformed and changed by the word of God. And y'all, I'm going to tell you something. We got a house full of messed up thoughts in here. Right now, some of you done had some thoughts. When I talked about the fornication and the adultery stuff, pop before your eyes. Won't it do it? It popped. It it. It popped because you got that image there. You know what you've done. You know when you've done it. You know who you've done it with. Because it's still there. You need to be cleansed through the word of God. God ain't coming in here to make you feel guilty. He's coming in here with light to expel the darkness so you can deal with what you don't want to deal with. Quit telling people to deal with theirs and you ain't dealing with yours. Quit talking the right stuff and you know you ain't living right. Now we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to give you another scripture. And I'm going to give you some more scriptures to help you to get to that root. Go with me to the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, it talks about this in verse 22. That you put off. Concerning the former conversation, put off mean you, you're doing away with. The former conversation is your lifestyle, your manner of living. The old man, which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lust. So we got to put that off, y'all. How do we do it? Through the word of God. But when we look at that word deceitful, let me tell you what that means. It means delusions. Delusions is deceptions and misleading in your mind. We got to put that off. And the only way we can do it, he's telling you how to do it and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The only way you can put off these things is for your mind to be renewed. The old man is dead, but he left behind some habits. And when you have habits in your life, you may try to stop them, but you're going to end up going back to them because your body is craving those things that you're supposed to have to put off. 
that you supposed to have done away with. The old man is dead. He's not coming back, but he left behind some habits. Give you an example. When we were little, your parents would show you, teach you how to tie your shoe, right? Once they taught you how to tie that shoe, that was a learning process, was it not? You did it over, and you did it over again. You will watch them tie that shoe. But then after you got taught and you learned that, guess what? You could tie your shoe without looking at it. Buttoning up a shirt. They will tell you how to do a shirt. Once you learn that because you was taught that, you can button up your shirt without looking at it, right? So things you can do without looking at it or thinking about it because it becomes a part of you. So you know your body already know what you're going to do because you're thinking about it. If I said bathroom, you begin to think about the bathroom, some of you got to go to the restroom. Because your body began to think and then it began to react. This is why you need spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is the real you. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. But if you don't renew that middle man with your spirit, your body is going to act just like you ain't saved. So why are we seeing Christians act like they ain't saved? Because they ain't got transformed. They ain't got renewed. And their hearts have become so hardened that they're thinking what they're doing is right and it ain't right. And we smell the residue all over them even before they come because their heart is hardened to the things of God. So God is saying, be not conformed to this world, but be ye by the renewing of your mind. Once you do that, you will know what the good and acceptable will of God is. The enemy want to put delusions in your mind. The only way he can do that is by suggestions. The only way he can do that is by people coming to you and telling you what you're not or telling you what you need to be or hanging around the wrong crowd. And when you hang around that crowd, you think you can live any kind of way, and you think you're okay. And this is what happened. We build a stronghold. A stronghold is a fortress in your mind that was built up through your way of thinking. And you are surrounded by a fortress, and it's hard to get out because it's like a wall. And what you have to do every day, you have to tear it down. How do I tear it down with the word of God? This is what God is saying about me. This is what God say I can do. This is what God say I don't have. You say this is what I have, but this is what God say I don't have. Because the blood of Jesus have cleansed me. The blood of Jesus have sanctified me, has justified me. This is what the blood has done. So I don't have to be subject to what you're saying. I'm subject to what the word of God saying. Y'all, this is daily. When you wake up, you're supposed to be speaking. Through the day, you're supposed to be speaking. On break, you're supposed to be speaking. In your car, you're supposed to be speaking. Because the stronger the stronghold, you got to deal with it more than you would deal with anything else. And then all of a sudden, you feel the root, the origin of it coming up. Why? Because the word was like a wrecking ball. And it was tearing down those walls that you build up. Quit telling God, why did this have to happen to me? God, why did you let this happen to me? We do it through our way of thinking, y'all. And it takes time. And the more you think according to the word of God, the more change you see in your life. But it takes the word. I'm telling you, I'm pleading with you. Get into this book, the Bible. Spend time with God because I'm seeing people going back to the same patterns. 
One day in this word is not going to change your thinking. You got to keep getting in this word. You feel good when you feel like the Lord spoke to you that one time. Then you go back to the same thing that you've done before. It's time to keep your face buried in this word. And this is why pastors like me have so much opposition with the body of Christ. Because when you are teaching truth and people are not in the word, they're going to talk about you. They're going to say you should have done this, but you shouldn't have done that. But look, it don't matter. Because I'm not going to be moved by what you say. I'm going to be moved by what the word of God say. You may not like me, but I know God loved me. Because I'd rather be obedient to God than being obedient to man. See, God know your thoughts from afar off. That's why he give you the gifts of the spirit to let you know, to give you a word of knowledge to what a person is saying presently about you. That's why he give you discerning of spirits to let you know what spirit is coming at you. This is why we have to spend time with God because homes are getting so broken up because we got people in those homes that are divided. One is in the word, one is not. One think they're doing what they should be doing and they ain't doing it. They cause an opposition against what's being said and being done right because you think you know, but you don't know. Then you have religious spirits in the, in the um, house that think that they know more than what you know and they saying you wrong, but you saying it's simple. But they're making it so hard by drawing it out so long to make you feel bad. God ain't going to make you feel bad. He's going to say, it's time for change. So God is saying, y'all, get into this word. Be transformed. Be renewed. Don't let people tell you what you're not. Tell them who you are. Now that you're in Christ, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new in you. People should see change in you without you telling them change. Because when things occur in your life, it's the way a soft answer turn away wrath. Grievous words, y'all, stir up anger. So the way you come at a person is the way a person is going to come at you. So it's time for change in the body of Christ. Let the word of God change you and renew you from inside to out so we can have a house that's not divided. Because a divided house will not stand. And when you don't know what's going on with folk, stay out of the way. Quit agreeing with mess that you don't know about. Person may sound good, may look good, but they could be full of evil. So you got to be careful. Judas Iscariot is the example. Jesus chose him, but he turned on him. So I'm telling you, we got some Judas Iscariots in this house. I'm calling it like I see it. And you have a choice. You have the right to choose. And don't even come ask me if you Judas Iscariot. You know. Judas Iscariot will portray the person, hand them over so they can look good, and that person can fall. And Miracle Temple, it's time to get it right. Because God has given you what you need to get it right. And it's up to you. Amen. Don't give up. Don't lose hope because the word of God will change you. It will transform you into the image that God would have for you to be. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Do we have any announcements at this time? Any announcements? Okay, I have some since nobody don't have none. 